Sam, it's happening. I am so excited to get to talk to two people who understand the insanity of city life, the insanity of tech life, the insanity of fuck it. Michael and Zach, tell me everything. So nice to meet you. You could have just introduced us as two people who are fucked up. We get it. Too fucked up? No, I do not get that impression whatsoever, in fact. Thank you. But uh, hey, how's it going? The Zakar twins. Um, We used to have names, but we just go by the Zakar twins now. You can call us twins if it's too confusing. And we're the writers of uh, our the best two books in the market, no offense. Uh, <laughs> Pray the Gay Away and How to Be Fucking Happy. Our new oh my God, look at you. I let, Wait, hold it up a little longer. I just want to see it. And can I see the inside? Because I actually, I need to order it and I have not ordered it yet, but I see that it's a workbook, which I love. Yeah, yeah. it's a mixture between, see so we have sections, the evil twins, not us. Uh, <laughs> our book was inspired actually after our first book, Pray the Gay Away. It, well, when we came out, we started journaling our feelings a lot. So, and it helped us heal. So going into mental health, we wanted to have the same experience for our readers. And, you know, it's just like a journaling experience to find your happiness. And that's kind of where the book took off. Yeah. Can you, okay. I'm super interested in all of it. You're in Detroit, right? That's where you live yeah. now. Okay. We're trying to move out of Detroit right now. We're going to be in LA I'm, ori- too. I'm originally from Toledo, Ohio. So I feel like we're like close. We're now like I know. I'm going to Toledo this weekend. Are you serious? What for? For the zoo. That's it. <laughs> it's what we do, right? It's a thing people you do. You got a zoo and you got like a What else is there to do in Ohio? <laughs> what age were you? Like, okay, tell me about the beginning of sort of the writing and coming out. Like, were those at the same time? How um, did it work with the two of you? So I would say before we came out, we just went to school for film. Like that was our main thing. We wanted to be film directors, you know, create content. As and social media influencers as well. Kind of how Michael and I create. We bring it out on show up. Like we kind of just like write sticky notes and kind of like, like we're we're very big on like organization. <laughs> sticky noting like our thoughts. That's awesome. Yeah, Series I mean this content amazing. Well, yeah. you know, as an overthinker, like we have like bulk sticky notes, like bulk, just too many ideas in the head, and you just kind of want to put it all out there and. Our fo- first book kind of formed as like sticky notes, like things would happen to us. We just put them in sticky notes. And I always told Michael, like, like we're inspired from real life experiences. So we just had like real life traumas, real life trauma <laughs> of coming out. Our mom tried to de-gay us. Like she threw holy water on us. The book literally and, wrote itself. Yeah. By the end of the year, well, by the end of like five years, we had maybe 200 sticky notes and we were like. The book just kind of formed and you as know. you know as we were film majors and we were like okay maybe this will be a movie one day but we were like you know what it just makes sense as a book it had a timeline it had a very structured so feel. this is your first year in film school yeah, yeah our first okay. Okay. okay okay i got it I, I love that um i feel like you were supposed to be my brothers because i have identical twin brothers they are very <laughs> handsome um I feel like they're like my hot brothers um although they're getting older now like you're you're still in the hot you know the young zone um (laughs) and when we were little my mom asked me to give them the sex talk and when I did I was like this is how it works if you're straight but (laughs) you may be gay and it became this joke in our family that I was always trying to do what your mom was doing, but the opposite, like in gay. Them. You were trying to gay them. I was trying to gay them. And I was like, yeah, I have to send them this. I have to make sure that they listen to this podcast. Wait, are they gay or no? No. 
So they failed you. That's disappointing. It didn't work. You know what? It never works to change someone's sexuality, no matter what direction you want to go. You want him to be gay and it will just never happen. I know. So when you were little, like when did you two start? So twinness is very close to my heart. So when did you two first start talking like, oh yeah, we're both gay. We know that. Like, was that like from early on or? I think growing up, especially in the Midwest of Michigan, we grew up in a very white neighborhood. And as two Middle Eastern people, we just kind of always felt like the outsiders in our school experiences and our job experiences. And that's kind of, we, we never said like, we always felt gay. We always felt like an outsider. Yeah, I get it. Well, I, totally I, get it. I, would, from, I always say uh, everyone's coming out. It's kind of an individual process. Like for me, I was processing my own feelings and I never thought Michael was gay. I just never even factored that my twin was gay because I was going through so much of my own shit. And um, in our first book, long story short, we slept with the same guy. Oh my God. But the guy was- It makes more sense. It makes more sense. In the story. But uh, like when he first, he came up to me, he's like, your twin's flirting with me. I'm like, Michael? No. I was like, you're misreading his- My intentions. I was like, there's no way. I was just like, there's no way. So uh, I guess coming out, like we, we both came out to each other, it was just kind of like a- it was very much like a sister sister moment. I don't know if everyone knows that reference, but it was like a shock to both of us because we kind of parted ways in high school. Zach was like the jockey one mm. and I was the artist. And at that moment, like we really came together and like became soul sisters. Sure. <laughs> you um so my brothers also always thought they would work together. Now they do. Now they do. They well. Long story, but basically they both run Taco Bells. <laughs> so one okay. of them like oh, inherited Taco Bells from his wife. He lives in Columbus. So he works on like the family business of Taco Bells and brought the other brother who lives in Seattle now into that family business so they could be close to each other. They're making money now. Okay. Taco Bell is it. I can only imagine. Especially in Ohio. You know, everyone thinks like, Taco Bell. Only owning a Taco Bell is different from like working at one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you like how, okay, uh, so many questions, let's go back to the book. And then I want to know about working together. So when you started writing, like, what is your writing process? Maybe so with the Michael book? and I write what's important to us and what's actually happening physically around us. And like you said, pretty gay way was our way of healing therapy wise that like we wrote, we were writing as we were healing. Like the first draft of the book was really dark and mean. And like, we, was, we, I, that was the worst process. Like we, we submitted our first draft when it wasn't ready. Mm. It was like 70 pages in and like, we, it was just a bunch of angry thoughts that some of them were like, this book is going to sell so well to an agent. We got like 70 no's instantly. Yeah. I think you, I just, the writing process is just such a long process. Cause it's like, it goes through so many transformations. Like our, our new book, How to Be Fucking Happy, wasn't a workbook, maybe two months until release. I think like, it's amazing. I mean, I think it's super interesting because I literally was talking to my agent this morning about workbooks. Like I, I it's a very natural, it's almost interactive. As somebody who works on apps, I build apps. Like there is something very interactive about that. And I think yeah. when you're working with mental health, like it needs to be very concrete and actionable. So it makes so much sense to me that that's where you landed. Yeah. We like, we wrote it and I was like, it's cute, but like, it doesn't really help anyone. Cause like, there's nothing. And then like literally maybe like two weeks to release, we like added all these lessons. I'm like, that's what it needed. And also if your agent's watching, <laughs> 
I just think with yeah, so did you self-publish both of your books? Both. And I'm so fucking like here's a weird You're thing. Over I, it? I'm so over it. Like we and here's the thing, like our like, like we, we have so many good cover letters, like both books are Amazon bestsellers. I'm like, why the fuck don't we have? Well, and you have an amazing social media presence. I mean, when were, I first got the email, I was like, wait, let me look. And I was like, whoa, look at this. Yeah, the, the rejection that we had one rejection. We, we, I pitched this to this lady and she like, she's like, I don't think you have a market. Um, she's like, you need a following. And I'm like, huh? wait, what? Like, you yeah, need a like, following? Had she not looked? She said our following was too small for books, which I mean. But like 100K, like, bitch, like, I get it. I mean, like. 100K is really good i think i think it's at least a solid footing to at least launch yeah. a book but wait so yeah. how did, i'm curious i don't know if this is like going overboard no no, no we can talk about it my how book how did you find an agent like so what, that what so that? i have like a long history so i started in books that was my first job in new york and i worked at a publishing house called hardcore and all my friends were in the book biz and so when I moved out to the West Coast, knowing no one, by the way, just driving my car out, staying in like a residential apartment, <laughs> like kind of depressing in Seattle, yeah. but like beautiful, but trying to figure out how to live on the West Coast. Um, I My natural place to meet people was always through people who knew book people. So when I moved down to San Francisco, again, I was introduced to like, here are some book people in this place. So I became friends with the person who is now my agent. That makes um, sense. It's all about it's just like long-term relationships and like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. We're like, we don't have any, like uh, we're, we're, we are struggling to find agents and I, I know it's the friend thing and I'm like, who the fuck wants to be you our see, friend? I think we got locked. <laughs> we got locked into, I think like acting and actor, like we know a lot of like those types of connections, but the book connections for us was such a new field. And are we you, like, so you're actors as well. I mean, I know you were to play. You're also actors. Like you're doing. We, how many- yeah. So the first book, Pray the Gateway, we actually wrote into a national stage tour and toured it for about two years until COVID came in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was our first time acting on Broadway, and that was a, a really weird experience. I think the thing was, fun. I think that what, what we struggled with most is um marketing. Like the first book, like did I mean I'm not like without being like my ego talking, the first book did really well for us. Like it sold because it was about us. This book is more about helping others and it's right. It's more of a slow burn right now for this marketing because no one wants to report news on mental health. We don't talk it's, about it's it. It's a hard, it's a hard time. It's a hard time. I, My book published last year, like 2020. I mean, it, time has no meaning. So 2020 and like, literally, it's, it's a hard time for yeah. this. I think too, we just, but I think really like in the world of marketing, we're talking honestly, I think. And I don't mean to say this in like an ugly way. I think people on the internet view us as pretty. They don't see the writer side. I get that, by the way. I get that. I was actually going to say, I bet the challenge is not your following. Like the perception that you're following is only like taking in your life. I'm not kidding you. Every single review we get, and this even was for the play. People are keep saying, I'm surprised it was so good. I'm like, (laughs) because like we're good writers, but they only see this like side of us. That's like, so I was like, if we just had like, we do well, like our marketing is well, but if we had like a, like a different market of like real book yeah. marketing, these books would be like New York bestsellers. I think, I mean, I agree. I agree because I d- had to dig into you both to understand what was going on. And then I was like, oh, I definitely want to talk to them. Like, it's like a really great alignment, yeah, but it wasn't sense. obvious quite at first, but like your journey is super interesting. How did you pivot into the mental health part? Like what made that turning point so for me i um went through an extremely bad breakup someone i thought i was gonna marry um 
And for me, my mental health is shot. It wasn't like recently. My mental health has always been like, you know, on the board. It wasn't like, oh, now I'm mentally ill. It just, <laughs> I went through a really bad break. Yeah, I, it was traumatic. And I, Michael, was, uh, I went through a really bad breakup. And um, through the process, just kind of wrote down advice I'd wanted to give myself. And then Michael kind of attached his advice. And then we went through more of a general life. I said, okay, we went through love. We went through work. We went through like the traumas of your life, family. I, yeah. And I think for me personally, like his was all about like what started the book in general was actually his big breakup. But for me, I, I think even when I was looking for a therapist uh, as a queer man, like I couldn't find a lot of people I connected with. And I think writing a book, not saying that it's specifically for a queer audience, but we are a queer brand. I, I think LGBT people get kind of lost with mental health because and I, we wanted to put our part and our say into it. I, I, I agree with you. I feel like there aren't like super strong mental health. Or, or like I haven't come across a ton of super strong LGBTQ. I mean, I think, you know, I mental think- health in general is so hard to like, not necessarily market or even talk about, but no one wants to hear like, oh, my trauma. And it's also oh hard God. to say, like, it's also hard for us to market a book. Like, we, we put in the book, we're not therapists, we're your own personal, like, best friends just giving you advice. Because, like, who knows, like, who knows to give you advice best the people who, like, experience that? Yeah. I feel like, you know, when you're always at, like, a party or a club, strangers always give the best advice. It's kind of like that feeling in the book follows. It's like, we come from a really realistic point of view, and that's kind of how our mental health advice is given. We don't sugarcoat it because I feel like with a lot of great mental health advice, you really need to like rewire your brain to thinking positively. And it's like, you, you can't walk around that. Yeah. You have to see the advice and understand it. And I think while journaling it, you really process what the advice is trying to say to you. I think the book started off more as a memoir. Like it was kind of like our journey of like, fucked up uh how we found happiness so but it so this book is like one third memoir one third workbook one third self-help because every chapter starts off with a personal journal entry from michael and i like uh one of the chapters starts off with michael about to get arrested because he did um and then it walks <laughs> story you, for a different day <laughs> it walks you into the section of anger and how to deal with anger but you kind of get to know us as we walk you into the lesson and i feel like you know with with mental health, even with like, let's say, go back to therapy. Sometimes it's hard to talk to a therapist or open up to them because one, you feel like you're paying for a friend. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. It's we also- kind of want to walk you into like, hey, your friend, your quote unquote, your friends have been there and now you're about to go there. It's more like you're giving yourself advice because I do find like therapists are great. They're amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I like, I was talking to my one friend. I told her like, you don't have to listen to your therapist. Like, whatever advice they give you isn't like the advice you should follow. So this is more like you're your own therapist. Like, what do you want to hear? Yeah. My challenge with therapy was always that I did not know what was going on with me. So I couldn't (laughs) tell them. So if they're like, I would go in five different therapists, no one diagnosed anxiety disorder. Like I'd go in, I'd seem like I was doing really well on top of stuff, making it happen. But like, no one actually saw that underneath I was having an anxiety disorder. I was like sick, you know, nausea, migraines, all this stuff. So it's made it feel like in order to be good at therapy, you kind of need to know what's going on with you. I also find therapists kind of bring out problems for me. Like this is my own person. I felt like my therapist brought out problems that didn't necessarily exist. Like I've heard that before. 
Yeah, I was like talking about my first book with my mom. Like we, I was like, and he's like, well, yeah, I was going to ask whether your mom read your books. No, she, she came to the play. A dra- uh, in the play, a drag queen plays her. So oh, yeah, I knew that. I actually read about yeah. that. So she was, she was, she was uh, 50 50 on it. Yeah, she's, she's, she hasn't read the book. She doesn't read, period. But uh, except the Bible. But I'm um, like, I don't know. I think when it comes to therapy, like, like me and my mom are fine now. I don't consider that trauma anymore. So okay. he was just like trying to be like, well, what's your relationship with your mom like? I'm like, it's fine. Like, I don't, like, yeah, yeah. No and you me. kind of have processed that in a lot of different ways already, right? Yeah. And I'm, also like, someone who, I'm also someone who can identify their problems really fast. Yeah. You're the opposite and, of me. Yeah. No, like, the no, exact, I can identify them. He can't fix them. Yeah. No, like, I went to therapy and I told him, like, I knew what was wrong. I was going through a breakup. You know, I told him, and then every session we kept like re experiencing the trauma. He was like, let's go through the breakup again. I'm like, why? I just like, we're, you know what? I, I totally hear this. And I, like, I always try to be like, I, I don't, therapy helps a lot of people. We know that <laughs> therapy yeah. is very good. But for me as an overthinker, like sitting and talking extensively about everything is not a solution. It makes me like, feel, it, I was left feeling worse. Like I don't need to go and talk, talk, talk because I already am ruminating and like going over things so much that I actually needed to learn how to like get out of it. Like to yeah. break the cycle and stuff. So my biggest problem like- was that too. Like I didn't really want to talk to a therapist because I talk a lot in general. So I like for me, I'm huge overthinker as well. Like I could be sitting in a room overthinking for like two hours straight. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes I forget where I zone out a lot because I forget where I am because overthinking for me at least has been my biggest problem. There are yeah. times where I'll be like thinking so hard, like damn. Like you're, you're physically in your room. Right, right. Like what is going like, on? Like where have I been, where have I been for 30 minutes? You know? <laughs> I think I I we say in our book, it takes a lot of overthinking to stop overthinking. I love that. It's so I mean I overthink. You kind of have to hit rock bottom a little bit. Isn't there like a little addiction quality around the overthinking? This, I feel like the world is so wired negatively, so it's really easy to fall into thinking negative. Of course, yeah. like you know, if, yeah. especially you're in right. this era that we're in right now, because you're a lot of people right now don't know where to go for careers. And we say in our book, careers is a huge trigger spot of what makes you happy or that passion that leads you to happiness. Mm-hmm. And Three. I feel like a lot of us are in this weird, like juggling time of like, we don't know where to lean. I think a lot of us have a self-destruct button. Like for me, life is so like, okay. Like I'm, I'm happy, but there's like this like little button in my head saying like, why aren't you like, happy, so, like happier? <laughs> I know. And then it just starts kind of like overthinking and like, you just like think of all these things that could go wrong in your life. I, I always know, it's just like when there's opportunity in my life, my first gut is like why it wouldn't work out first, why it would work out. Do you, so your mom is Iraqi, your family is Iraqi, right? Are you yeah, first, yeah. your first generation? Yeah, is yeah. there like a, I've been really interested in talking to people from lots of different cultures about like how overthinking like exhibits itself in other cultures like indian culture for example oh. it's like super when i tell you middle eastern people do not believe in mental health like that was something we never talked about in our family like when we were talking about mental health to our mom in general she doesn't believe in therapists like that culture just doesn't believe in helping because it's like you're alive you should be fine you're great but like, you know, like because there has been so much trauma and turmoil within the culture that it's like, hey, oh. like you have nothing to complain about. Our culture never wants to admit when they're wrong. That That's the problem with our culture. Like love. I love the Middle Eastern culture. But like the problem that's that's intertwined in it is just there's so many deeper issues that we don't really want to talk about because they would cause 
more mental health problems. I mean, I think people <laughs> in general look at mental health as a sign of weakness. Like, like you know, mental I health, know. Is just, I, obviously mental health is just as real as physical health. And I think just people ignore it because like they, and also it's something you can't see. Like mental health is something you, I, from the naked eye, you look happy, but I don't know, like you're like, right, 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 totally. I don't know what's going on in your head. And that's, what's really hard. Like, yeah, people don't believe like, you know, you're sad because they see or this. that you should be able to control it. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, Oh, you're not doing well. Well do better. Like what's, I, <laughs> I always think mental health kind of runs like a, like an oil change for your car. Like your brain is like a car that needs like all those negative thoughts kind of build up. You need some time like therapy or some art therapy to release all of that negative energy to get back into a headspace that you feel comfortable in. Yeah, absolutely. What would be your dream? Okay. So I would say that you're social media influencers. That's my impression already that you've achieved that. Um, what is your like dream of the thing to tackle, like getting the word out, like being able to get your books more widely read or Um, we are like, entertainment writers and I say I hate saying that in any variety I love our books um I do love books I just foresee us being more tv writers I yeah work Michael and I like the reason both I'm again my ego's talking the reason both these books are so well is because Michael and I write for a commercial value mm. um, I, we know what the public wants to read not like we don't write for us which I think a lot of readers do and I, I think, think that's, that's a great point like I think Michael, that's a great point I won't say which book it was but Michael just did a book review and this guy wrote 21 chapters <laughs> 21 chapters and I'm like I so we get consulted for writing a lot and the the book he's talking about like it was about this man's life but it was like every year he was born he had like and some of the it was a rich person going through rich people problems like cut the fat and I'm like I don't think a general audience is gonna feel bad for a rich person going yeah through. i mean that's a person writing just for themselves like basically exactly. like that's their own which isn't bad which right. is not but it's bad. not you're not it's a different thing than writing for an but audience my our dream is to well we're currently actually working on our dream we don't want to say too yeah, much yeah. But yeah we're actually in the process of moving to la within the next three months i was gonna say that seems inevitable like when i say we are writers it's i would love to be a writer for anything like i would i would <laughs> I would be happy like dying as a staff writer for like a TV show. Yeah. That's oh, our, our main goal is TV writing. Or like if these, like, like I said, our books are well, like we only have two. And I think the world views us as like, like our first book, we wrote a book and did well, but people aren't viewing you as a writer because it's one single book. <laughs> we came out with a second book and now it's like, okay, are they writers? And I told Michael, like, now we need a third book. <laughs> so we currently, so, we have right now drafted a third book three movie pilots and two TV pilots. Oh my God, amazing. So we're hoping that it could become to fruition within the next five to six years. So you might see it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I assume goal, that I will. I assume I will. Fucking right. I, have a, I have this random question about your breakup, which is yeah. after your breakup, did you have, this is something I'm interested in writing about. So yeah, after your breakup, did you have like um, a breakdown? Would you have described it as a breakdown? And like, what Multiple. did that... Did you think, what do you think of that as being? So I, because, okay. So I'm struggling with my life right now because um, I'm not where I want to be with my work. I, like I said, I, I want to, I see myself in LA and I think I'm stuck right now. We're currently stuck in Michigan. I think for so, such a long time, I was comparing his life who, when he, he moved mm. and his life was not necessarily going up, but he was just like changing. And I was stuck in this, a big thing we talk about in our books, evolve and repeat he was evolving. Like mm. he was evolving as a person, new job, new people. 
And I was repeating the same trauma. I was stuck here in my head overthinking and I went through multiple breakdowns and we went through a really toxic phase. Um, he told me that he like wanted to marry me in the future, just not right now. So it just left this weird open door and I just like, couldn't understand it. Then he started dating someone else yeah. and it got messy. And we're, we're at the point where like, I just saw him last week, like, after six months of like not talking, we just kind of reconnected as friends. Um, we did Molly together. Like, it's just a weird phase. Like I'm in a weird phase of my life right now, but I think going through that breakup made me so much stronger. And I mm. hate saying that I did do like drugs and whatever, but I, but that's like, like, you're trying to be cathartic, right? That's like, I, less, that, was, like that was what he was trying. I, to I know. I'm not saying it like leads to that necessarily, but that's no. like the goal, right? Like, Oh, we're, we're evolving. We're like, it's so hard to say like, like my friend, my friends are so sick of my breakup phase, even Michael. But it's it's hard to say like get over it because this is someone like in my life and like it's obviously like a deeper connection. Like yeah, like, we did some shitty things and the shitty things happen. But like I say, everyone's on their own journey of happiness. And at that point, we broke up. I just wasn't a part of the right. journey of happiness. I don't think I am in the future. I just think like I'm okay with being his friend right now, and that's it. I think what you, that, would you describe it as a breakdown? Like, did you like get to the point where you were sort of incapacitated? Cause the thing that um, I'm really interested in is breakdowns. Like here's the thing. I wasn't in love with him until we broke up. I, I here's the thing. when we broke up, I became crazy. When we were together, I actually wasn't into it as much as I was when we broke up. When you lose something you have, you're like, that was mine. Like <laughs> I honestly like wasn't crazy before the breakup. And I'm, I, I will say I breakdowns. Know. Zach definitely was going through a lot of breakdowns. And I think what he's not seeing is that, you know, when you're in a relationship, you're in someone's world. And depending how long you're dating someone, you get so involved into your world with that person. So when you split up, it's like, what world are you living in anymore? So it's like, every time you go through a breakup, it's like, you're finding yourself, you're finding your new environment. Yeah. Because I feel like- Identity crisis. I think it's like a total identity crisis. I think think a a big lesson I wrote uh, from from my point of view, and one of the lessons I wrote is like, life is just a collection of moments and our moment ended. And it was just that simple. Like I think I was trying to hold on to this moment that I enjoyed, but it was no longer benefiting my life. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. The thing that interests me about breakdowns, breakdowns is that I, I talked to, so I had what felt like to me, like a breakdown, like a nervous breakdown when I lived in Seattle where I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could even go to the store and buy something. Like I couldn't talk to anyone. I ended up somehow getting on a plane and going back to Toledo, Ohio and staying at home for a month. And after it was over, I didn't, um, I was like, oh yeah, I had this nervous breakdown. I would say like a really like lightly. And now I'm seeing other friends go through this thing that now therapists kind of call an anxiety event or a depression event. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what is a nervous breakdown? What is this thing that happens where you can't function? You know, I have like seven a day. I believe a nervous breakdown is being so unrealistic. Like for me, we broke up because I didn't move with him. And then we, and like two months later, I was like, I'll move with you. I'll move with you. Like, I'll do it. Like, there's like, you just become so unrealistic. Like, I just think a breakdown just, I think up- an anxiety attack just brings out too many choices where you don't know where to lean. The problem yeah. is when anxiety happens, it's like, should I take choice A, B, C, D, one, two, three? You know what I mean? And I, I think people need to make choice. Like we say in our book, you need to make a choice. 
you, you need to evaluate where you are at this moment, not the future, not the past, but right now. Yeah, we say a lot of things are black or white, and mm. a lot of people, a lot of people linger in the gray area. Mm. I don't, I, I know it's not as simple as A or B, but most of the time it's A or B. Like you most do, of the time, you just have to keep moving, and mm. moving means pick a choice. And yeah. like you're again on, on your on your journey of happiness, and this is like it gets deeper in the book. Like we talk about a lot about how people perceive you. And a lot of people perceive me as a nice person, but I'm sure like to my acts, I'm an evil person. So like, you're going to be perceived and there's a million different versions of you in the world. And I think the most, like, if you're just more honest with yourself, more authentic and more making a choice, like more, you know, stern, that version of you is kind of. I think the only version that's worth thinking about is how you think, view yourself. Mm. Like you have to talk about like, you know, you shouldn't care what people think about you, especially in like, friends like you, the more authentic you are towards yourself yeah those people will gravitate towards you yeah we say like you're, you're we say in the book your authentic self is you know the happiest version of you because you're making choices for you the right choice is your choice and that choice might not be the same so for I everyone snap right now. I mean, just, you're yeah. so good i mean i find this like really great i feel that about like it's like a best friend like giving you really advice that all feels like really good advice. I think. Thank you. I think you should make. Do you ever make videos of, with the advicey type stuff on your? We were. Know, here's the thing: like, we're naturally funny people, and it's like, like it's hard to get. We're advice. working on a podcast right now about for to, to promote the book, and it's just me and I have a problem with our voices. We did so. We even did an audio book for this one, and it's three years of the process. We have over 90 hours of audio that we hate just because I, I hate the way my voice sounds. Do you know why you hate your voice? This is true. So I learned it's because you hear it inside your head and it's lower than what you hear externally. It's kind of like when you look in a mirror and it's the reverse of your face. And you're like that face is wrong. I hate the way my face looks when it's like the way other people see it. Because yeah. I'm used to the mirror look and it's the same with your voice. I think, well, mostly for us, like, I think just that makes sense. <laughs> I'm happy with this book. And it's just like, I talked to Michael, I was like, okay, so how long do we want to be like, quote unquote, like we are switching our brand from like, you know, models to mental health advocates, like how long? So we're trying to do this new but thing. I think you can do both. We can. I just, for me, like this, the, I told Michael, like the shitty thing for me, we have dark humor. Like, and that's what's struggling. Like, I, I think wanna... a lot of people with mental health are like, I am like, super drawn to dark humor. So well, we were doing, a, we were doing like, it's the same thing with my therapist. Like I was talking to him. I'm like, yeah, I just want to kill myself. He's like, what? I was like, I was like, no, I didn't mean it like that. That's just how I talk. Yeah. yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, are you sure? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he called me on the phone because I missed it. I missed an appointment. I was in New York and I said it again. I was like, I'm in New York and there's just so many people I want to kill myself. But he's like, what? He's like, that's strike two. I was like, oh, strike three. <laughs> so for me, I, I'm just trying to figure out a way to organically market our advice. Right. I guess for me and Zach is a lot of people see us as influencers and we love that. I mean, it's the reason why we are one unquote bestsellers. And but if I could delete social media, I would. I yeah, we're media. we're talking about like after we get signed in LA and all that fun things like we're probably going to delete our social media we kind of want to take a social media break which we talked about also in the book for mental health yeah you I need mean, a social media I told, break I told Michael I was like okay like, and like that's I was like we got to find a literary agent 
Like once our names get big, we need someone who can just sell it for us. Like I'm sick of yeah. selling our own product. I'm sick of talking about myself. <laughs> I can talk I about myself wanna, for like three hours. I just want to come out with a book and then the world's like, like, you know, JK Rowling, like, oh, fucking books. Ooh, we, we, we don't support JK Rowling anymore. Well, before she was transphobic, but you know. But like, you know. Um, totally. That, I mean, I know that feeling. It's exhausting. It's a, the hustle is exhausting. Yes. I would say the worst part of actually having a book is the marketing of it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you think so highly of yourself, and I'm sure you think the same way of your book and it's like, you know, you don't see it being like, you know, like, obviously like a New York bestseller. I'm like, why? Like, why? Well, is the New York bestseller, the rules for that are very weird. You have to sell like what? 60,000 in the first. That was 10,000 books in the first six months. But like, it's just like shitty celebrities just like come out with a book that isn't written by them. And it's like a New York bestseller. Like who just came out with Alex Trebek? I'm like, what is his life? Like Jeopardy or which one? Didn't he pass? He's Didn't dead. He just oh, okay. Well, that's, that's why. Like- that's why. That's why. <laughs> um, well, I I love talking to you both. You're, I think you're like great voices in this scene. I Thank think you. like totally needed. And I, I love, love your energy. Yeah, thank you. I want you to be my my therapist. So when, <laughs> when did your first book come out? Um, my first and only because, like you, I'm not a real writer yet. Um, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I love the cover. At least the cover. Thank you. The- yeah, Mar. It was March. Um, it was like right as COVID was hitting. No, no, no. It was May. Sorry. So it was right oh, you after. Like you just came out. Oh yeah, it was like the moment of, and everyone How was too shell shocked to even think about their mental health. Like now, mental health is getting talked about more. But like oh, in the it's, beginning, it's, it's cool. Like, it's cool now. <laughs> now it's it very you? popular now it's cool we yeah. got it but how long yeah. did it take you to write your book so the so i had an interesting thing where five so i started working on beautiful voyager and getting really fascinated with the topic like i just started writing constantly i was just really curious about just people and how they viewed mental health and how i was fascinated by it like i just find it very interesting trauma. it's so interesting i don't find it like i don't have stigma around it whatsoever so i, I just find it fascinating it's so fascinating to me that everyone thinks so poorly about themselves like yeah. it's crazy and i'm like like my ex I, I like know. i was like talking to my ex and he like thinks so poorly i'm like like he was like i'm ugly. People are very like, hard on themselves people yeah and i'm like just like it, so and it's like i give this I told Michael, like, we give such good advice. Like, why can't we take our own advice? Like, we're awesome. <laughs> I think oh, that's true for everyone. So I started that. writing a ton. I was just fascinated. It was just like, kind of like constant sticky notes. Just like all yeah. the time I had things I wanted to write about. And then I met with my friend, the literary agent, and she... I started telling her my ideas and they were like, I want to commission researchers around the world to look into anxiety and like, what is it in all these different cultures, blah, blah, blah. And it just was getting bigger and bigger and like clearly so overthinky. And so I realized it. I was like, what am I doing? This is just like spiraling into something massive. And I stepped away. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to step away for four years. Oh, wow. And then, and I didn't even know what was going to happen. Like, I was just like, I'm stepping away from this. I was certainly busy. I've always worked in tech. I've worked at lots of different companies. So I um, was helping. Page ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be looking at that. Um, And so then I basically was helping somebody else try to get their book published. And as she was selling her book, it just like snapped, like now's the time. And Mm -hmm. it became really streamlined, really clear. Like everything happened really fast after that. Like I sold it within a month oh, wow. and like wrote it within 
eight, seven or eight months. Like it all just happened very when fast. you're when the creative when the when the energy is there. Like, yes. Like I said, this book was garbage like a year ago. It yes. was the last two months. I was like, this is the book. Yes. And when it is there, I think it's really hard for people to step away when it's not there, just like trying to force it, force it. I get it. I mean, I've done that many times. So that was something you, I really learned was to like step away from it. The book, you, your friend, this friend's book, you edited. You don't have to answer it honestly. Was it so bad that you're like, I should publish my fucking book? No, it wasn't. I mean, great question. I thought it was not a great idea. I was not interested in reading it. She <laughs> just happened to tell me about like that she wanted to make this book happen. I was like, let me see if I can like introduce you to somebody. And it ended up selling. Um, I still have no interest in like reading it. Though. Sometimes I like always wonder, we went to a book, we went to a book convention. Are you about that? Yeah. I went to a book convention and I was, it was when I was, we were pitching for the gateway and this lady came up to us and she's like, I'm writing a book about arthritis. She <laughs> and I was like, she, I was like, cool. She bitched about like her traumas with arthritis. Like, I'm like oh and she was like almost, you know, 90, like eight. And I was like, go off girl. I'm glad you wrote a book about arthritis. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if this, you know what, if it's the right book, I and mean, you know that's what? the thing. Probably got published before ours. One hundred percent. Guess what? Probably not. Like having like been working at a book publishing house and seeing the manuscripts come in, like there were definitely a lot of our kind of manuscripts. One of my dream jobs. Like I told Michael, like we're so open with our future. Like I would die to like get manuscripts of books. You and just, just like being judged. No, I would love to just read books for the rest of my life and tell people yes or no. That sounds, is, is, that's what you do currently? That, I did that at my first job many, many years ago when I worked. In oh my book. God. Was that and, way and I would my- sign my name Mudaba because I didn't want people getting back in touch. So there's like my fake, I had this like alter ego Mudaba. And she like had lots of adventures in the city, by the way. Oh and um, younger. This was when I was in my 20s. No, Mudaba. do you watch the show younger? Oh, yes. I totally. Oh my god, yes. The same feel. Yes, it was totally that. You're Hillary Duff. Yes, I was very Hillary Duff back then. Um, and so then one day the receptionist at this place I was working called me on the phone and said, Um, you have a package for Mudaba. And I was like, wait, how did she know that I was Mudaba? And somebody that I had written a rejection letter to had like sent me some like little present or something. Oh. Um, which was actually really sweet of them, but it was to Mudaba. And Wait, like, I was, was like my universal translation of Meredith. I want to know how you got started in that. Cause I, I would like die right now to be just like doing that during the COVID. I era. mean, it's a hard, it's, oh, reading manuscripts. Like reading manuscripts and books. And then like, what do you look for? Do you just put like job wise? Like, what do you type like book reviewer? <laughs> I feel well, like, it's you, all you know what? Reviews. I hate to tell you this and this is not going to surprise you, but again, it's through people, you know, oh. now my, I, so what I did then the re the way I got into book publishing was I took this course, which back then was called the Radcliffe book publishing course. And now it's at Columbia. And like the point of it is to basically network. I mean, I met the guy I ended up working with so much of like graduate school or school like that is just meeting the right people, you know? True. I just like, that's just sounds so fun to me. Like just <laughs> have an iced coffee. It's fun at first. And then you're sort of like, okay, how many books I, like these are week? pretty bad. <laughs> like there's a lot of really so bad. How many stuff. did you have to review a week? Um, well, it was like, I had many different roles and one of them was to just like read through the slush pile. It's called the slush pile. Oh. Do you remember the worst one? Oh my God. Like the worst theme. One. Oh, there are so many, you know, there is somebody on Instagram you should follow. I used to work with him. His name is Kent Wolf. Mm-hmm. He's a literary agent. He's very funny. 
he represents some really funny, great writers. And he posts the, like the things he gets in the mail and it's amazing. Like the worst, the worst. A lot of it is like strange religion. A lot of it is around like different sides of like, you'll, you'll look through it and be like, what is this? And then all of a sudden you'll see like Jesus Christ. And you're like, Oh, it's a religion. Okay. It's a religious thing. (laughs) Our first book, we accidentally, we couldn't even, so when we were printing this, we got denied by a printing press because they were only printed Christian books, but didn't put that on their website. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) That's weird. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I feel yeah. like I got, just got to be with two awesome people that made me really happy. So I'm glad we got this time together. I can't wait to see the stuff you get into. Yeah. Now next we, time now we're we gotta, we're going to get your email. Oh, we have your email, but we got to get your, <laughs> we're going to do a book swap. I okay. Your- I would love that. Yes. Yeah. I would love that. I will totally you want your that. honest notes. Okay. I, and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know you used to be a book review. I she's to going to be like, like garbage, garbage, garbage. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.